share with you some keys on making a difference. And uh, let's read in Mark chapter 2. It says, uh, again he entered Capernaum, and after some days it was heard or voiced or noised that he was in the house. And immediately many gathered together, so there's no longer room to receive him, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a uh, paralytic who was carried by four men. And they couldn't come near him because of the crowd. And so they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they'd broken through the roof, they let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in the spirit, they reasoned within themselves like this. He said, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is it easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise up your bed and walk? So you may know the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say you, rise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately arose, took up his bed and went out of the presence of them all. And so that all were amazed and glorified God and said, we never saw anything like this. Now, don't you like that? We never saw anything like this. Now, I like that to be happening more around here. We never saw anything like this. You know, the cries of a, a dying group of people. We never did this before. Well, you know, we want to have this kind of thing. Well, we've never seen this before. This is a new thing, a new thing. I want to go through and just show you several keys that uh, just can come forth out of, the, out of the story. And I'm picking up out of some of the verses about just how you can make a difference. Your life, you're called to make a difference with your life. Problem is, how do I go about doing it? How can I actually increase my influence on the people around me? And there's a whole number of ways that could take place. Let me just share with you a few that just come out of the story. Notice one, it was noised abroad. Noised abroad. There was a lot of talk going on about Jesus Christ and what Jesus was doing. Here's number one, unashamed boldness. If you're going to make a difference, you have to be unashamedly bold about who you are and what you are. You can't apologize for being a Christian. Some people might make you feel small and laugh or mock or ridicule, but you find that every man in the Bible, any woman in the Bible that stood up make a difference, one of the things around them was it was just an unashamed boldness. They were bold about who they were and bold about what they were doing, and they talked about it. One of the things that attracts people is enthusiasm. If you are enthusiastic about what you're on about, enthusiastic about youth group, enthusiastic about kids' church, enthusiastic about what God is doing in your life, there's something about enthusiasm is contagious. When you smile, yeah, why do we have a time? When you start to have this thing, enthusiasm growing in your life, it actually infects people. Uh, apathy does, of course, by the way, as well. But when you be enthusiastic kind of people and excited about what we're doing, I found that sometimes people try and intimidate you, so what you're doing stupid or ridiculous or whatever, you say, no, nah, you're enthusiastic about it. This, we're part of the greatest enterprise in the earth. We're part of global enterprises, the kingdom of God extending every part of the earth, and we're part of it. Do you want to be excited about that? Excited about God at work in our lives. And so it was noise abroad. The supernatural attracts people. When there's something supernatural happening, it attracts people. When I did some meetings in Ping Tung down the bottom of Taipei, uh, we had uh, two nights of meetings plus one leaders night meeting. But uh, in the beginning of the meeting, I began to move in the spirit and start to pray for a few people. And it just really did something. Immediately there came a stir in the place. They actually ended up carrying two people out. There was such a stir going on in the meeting as the spirits start to manifest and things start to happen. The supernatural is attractive to people. People everywhere are looking for it. 
and uh, my brother who got saved at the beginning of the year, uh, there was a hunger in his life of the supernatural. And although he was into all kinds of different things, at the end, what he was really looking for was what we had here. And when he tasted it, he said, I want it, and said yes. And I thank God for that. It's fantastic. We're just so, so pleased. So whatever you're ashamed of has got no power. The Bible says in Romans 1 and verse 16, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for therein is the power of God to salvation. So let's not be ashamed about who we are. Don't be ashamed to be a Christian. Don't be ashamed to come to church. Don't be ashamed to be pure. Don't be ashamed to be on fire for God. Don't be ashamed of those things. Why would you be ashamed of things which are eternal? Don't be ashamed, intimidated. Start to speak and become enthusiastic about what's happening. Of course people will react. Of course people get upset. Of course people will try and put you down. It's just natural. It's par for it. Don't worry about it. Keep around. Keep the fire burning. So it was noised abroad. And the way things are noised abroad, people see the difference in your life and people hear what you say. People are watching your life. So number one, just be unashamedly bold. Just go straight out there. Say, whoa, wow, this is what happened. Whoa, we went there. This is what happened. How power of God came on someone that fell on the floor. Now, what can people say with that? They don't have a clue what to say. And sometimes you've got to razz them up a little bit. Sometimes you've just got to razz people up a little bit. Throw a little bit of bait out there and let them all get chewing on it. You know, it's true. And it's funny how we start to talk about the supernatural. Then it's amazing how people go funny on you. They just, but you can open up the way. And we've got to be unashamed about it. We're in a spiritual atmosphere. God's presence is here. Things happen in lives. We've got to be open to that. So let's be bold. Let's be unashamed about it. Number one, unashamedly bold. Okay, here, number two. You see, it says, and we go down there. It says, immediately many gathered together. There's no longer room to receive them, not even to hear, near the door. It says, a huge crowd gathered out and says, he preached the word to them. He preached the word. He spoke on the kingdom of God. So here's the second thing. You need an authentic message in your life. If you're going to attract people, you have to have an authentic message. Jesus' message continually was the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God puts, puts demands on people. Jesus said, you know, the kingdom of God is not just talk. He said it's about miracles. It's about a changed life. It's about a changed value. It's about having purpose. It's about having destiny. You begin to start, you need to have an authentic message. You need to have something in your life that you can talk about that's real. Not just someone else's messages. He spoke, the Bible says they said, uh, Jesus spoke as one with authority. In other words, he was gripped by what he shared. And while you can share about someone else's testimony, you need to have your own. You need to have something in your life that's growing and developing that you can share with others. And so if you're going to have an authentic message, you've got to have a message you've made your own. So when you come to meetings like this, write down, take notes, but then go away and then begin to work on the message until you've made it your own. You're convinced about it. Then you start to find you speak not just a lot of knowledge, you actually have authority. There's something of conviction in your heart and in your life. Young people today are looking for someone who's got convictions in their heart. Do you have authentic message in your life? You need to have an authentic message. You need to have something that's been birthed in you through life experience of walking with God. So there's a number of ways that happens, of course. Uh, uh, here's a second. Number one, you need to develop a life message. You need to think about your testimony. What has God done in my life? What is he doing right now? And develop something that you can share with people. You need to have an authentic message. What has God done that impacted your life? Put it down. Get it together. Get it crystal clear. And then begin to speak with someone. Ask God to bring someone around. You can share something about what God did in your life. Don't wait for a big thing to happen. Just look for opportunities. 
You'd be surprised how often they'll come if you are prepared and have a message. Second thing is you need to grow in knowledge. You need to learn the word of God and begin to let it get into your heart so you've actually got something to share that can impact people. You need an authentic message, something that's living and alive. Third thing, you need to experience God. You need to experience God. So tonight we saw people encountering God, starting to experience God. And you've got to have a genuine experience of the Lord. You can't live on someone else's faith. You can't even live off someone else's messages. At the end, you are a message people are studying. Is your message genuine and authentic? When people look at your life, do they see you You're one thing here on Sunday and the rest of the week you're something else? That's not an authentic message. When people look at the words you say, are you saying them on Sunday and saying them the rest of the week? Or is it only just a Sunday thing? Do you have an authentic message? Something that can share, that will touch people. Here's another area that you need to become authentic. You need to become authentic in obeying God. There's something about having done what God said and seeing its benefits in our life that makes and rings authentic. See? And today everything's sort of phony and plastic and it, doesn't, it looks good but hasn't got any substance in it. Are you authentic? Do you have something about your life that is real, that works, that can give an answer to someone else? What are the areas of challenge in your life right now? You need to get something from God so then you become authentic. You have an answer for people in that area. Why don't you start to seek God and start to draw near to him to increase the life message, your life message. Here's another thing in found in verse 3. Verse 3, you notice here it tells us there, it says there was a man there who was paralyzed and he was carried by four men. Here's another thing, we're going to make a difference, we need to work as a team. Teamwork is one way we make a difference. We really want to make a difference and an impact. Don't be a loner. Don't go it on your own. You need to be part and committed to a body, committed to youth, committed to a church, committed somewhere, and you need to get working with others. I challenge some of the young people here to consider starting to come together just in the area of praying together for some of the kids in your school. Stand together for them. Don't try and just do it alone. It's teamwork. This man who was paralyzed here, he needed a miracle from God, and, and no one of them could have got him there. It took four of them working together to get him there. And so one of the things that brings about results, we haven't built this just by me alone. It's built it by a team working together. We haven't gone and impacted nations by one person alone. It's been a team working together. Even tonight's service is a team working together. When you work together, but you see, to work together, you've got to come together and say we've got a purpose. If you're in girls' high, whoever's in girls' high, come together, start to pray. We've got a purpose. We need to make a difference. Let's get some names down, begin to identify them, bring them before the Lord. Let's work on them together. See? Begin to fast and to pray. Fast and to pray that God will touch them and bring them into a relationship with Christ. Bring them to crisis if need be, but whatever it is, bring them to awareness of their need for the Lord. See, we need to work together. So don't try and do it all on your own. You look there and you go into those high schools and boy, they look overwhelming and intimidating, but they're just full of people who need Jesus Christ. They need the reality of the life of God. And that comes through prayer. In uh, Matthew, it tells us, Matthew 18, chapter, uh, verse 19, I think, it says, you know, when we agree on earth concerning anything, it shall be done by my Father in heaven. So here's the thing you've got, a promise you've got from the Word of God about agreement in prayer about your friends being saved, your friends being open. Then you've got to go and start to reach out and connect with them. And sometimes it takes several, several people. I've never seen very many people get saved where only one person spoke to them. Usually there were several people. As a result, one after the other, they came to Christ. 
like even with my own brother coming to the Lord. It was interesting that the night before he came to the meeting here, my youngest brother gave him a book, The Purpose Driven Life, and he sat up all night reading this book. Next day he came and I spoke on purpose. He was ready to receive Christ. But you see, when you look at all the people that were in the way, there was my younger brother, there was me, there was you, there was the musicians, there was everything God was doing at this time. There's not just one. There's usually it's a teamwork. So let's just realize that teamwork's one way. You'll make a difference. Let's get together. Work together. Come into agreement in prayer. How many people here go to the boys' high? And they got one on his own. Well, two. There we go. We've got to at least get two people agreed. Two or three agreed. How many go to girls' high? Whoa, there we go. A whole heap you can start to break. Karamu? Yeah, one. Whoa. Hey, another, someone else. Yay. Come on, there's some from Karamu. Okay, what about, uh, what's another one? Uh, Havelock High? There we are. We've got a few there. There we go. Need to start praying. What about from one of the Napier schools? Girls High? Anyone from Girls No, not from Girls. You're not from Girls High. Girls High. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, what about Boys High? Whoa, we just got some ones over there. Need to get some. Okay, start with one. But start praying. Start praying. You know what you pray? God, give me one other person to stand with me in prayer. Eh? And then ask God to show who it is. But in the meantime, you get in there and pray. Just get in every day praying, praying, praying. God, give me someone to stand with me in prayer. And when you've got two, now God, give me another one to pray, stand in prayer. Two or three, now we're guaranteed to get results. Let's believe God for some of our friends to get saved. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it and see if we can make a difference. Okay, let's have a look a little further down. It says, you notice here, they uncovered the roof. Verse 4. They must be quite dramatic, you know, they're all, I don't know what kind of house, doesn't tell her what kind of house it was, but probably a flat roof kind of place, and we don't know where he was. If he was in the courtyard, they'd have been able to get into the courtyard over the top of the roof. It was likely he was in the, in the place, and they had to pull, tear the roof up. Can you imagine what it would be like tearing the roof up? Here's another key then, if you want to make an influence, he said, uh, possibility thinking. You've got to think possibilities. You can't let things limit you. See, here these guys get there, and it just was an impossible task to get their friend to Jesus. You've got to realize it was an impossible task. There was a crowd filled the place, thronged all around it. There was no way you could get in. But they did not let the circumstances limit them. They come up with a creative idea. Hey, we've got a way we can do this. You know, and it was a way that had never been heard of before. Climb on the roof, rip up the roof, lower him down through the roof. Now that's pretty innovative, don't you think? That's not a bad way to get into a building, is it? Climb up on the roof and rip the roof off and climb down through into the meeting. That's a pretty innovative way to get into a building. But you notice this. The other thing is, it tells you something about their attitude, the spirit they carry. They're not going to let anything stop them. You see, very easy. It'd be very easy for them to have turned up and say, oh, look, it's tough. We can't get you in. We've got this big stretch. There's all these crowds of people. They could have been filled with all why they couldn't do it. But in the end, they said, listen, we didn't come here. We did not come here to fail in this task. We came here to get a breakthrough, and we'll get it. So I guess they got talking together. Imagine talking, well, what are you going to do around the crowd? Should we send off a fire alarm and maybe divert them somewhere else, you know? Uh, yeah, what else can we Should we yell, police, police? Uh, you know, should we yell, bomb? There's a bomb! There's a terrorist plant above there! Get out, get out, get out, get out! What are we going to do, you know? They could have thought all kinds of ideas. They thought, no, I've got a better idea. I won't do any of those. A bit radical. We'll just climb on the roof and rip the roof up. And so they got up on the roof, ripped the roof out, and got Jesus' attention. So, but you understand, there's, you've got to be possibility, no limits. Now, always, here's the thing you've got to realize. Always, there's an obstacle for people to get saved. I can tell you now, I haven't seen anyone ever get saved that there wasn't obstacles in the way to them getting saved. 
They come up, there's argument. You come up, you've got them agreed to come to a church meeting and suddenly something comes up the last minute. Every time, there's always obstacles to people being saved. You've got to just actually be a possibility person and I'm not going to accept defeat. You've got to keep thinking. It's, they can, of course they can get saved. There's no, no limits, no limits. There's always uh, obstacles to miracles. You want to see miracles? There's always obstacles. Always, always something that resists. You've just got to have that determination. I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to hold. I'm not going to let go. See, they refuse to let go of the dream. They had a dream in their heart that their friend will get healed and saved. They had a dream. And there's nothing going to stop them. If you want to make a difference, you've got to have a dream. Have a picture of what it could be like. And nothing's going to stop you. And as you get that nothing stopping us, we're going to keep going until we've got this what we're after. That's when you start to see results. When we started out here, it was impossible. Absolutely impossible to get a building. We didn't have any money. How do you buy a building with no money? How do you actually get something? When we, when, we, when we did get it and looked at it, you can't believe what it looked like when this was all empty. You can't believe what it looked like when it was all empty. I stood in here. I just, you felt so intimidated by the whole building. I thought, man, we put a wall through the halfway and make a business out the back or something. It seemed impossible that we could actually fill it all up. And yet, bit by bit, it's all been put up. So it always, you just got to say, got to say it's, it's possible, see? You've got to find a creative ways of doing things, creative ways of getting things done, innovative. So don't be passive, get up and get going. You want to make a difference, you can't sit around, there will be an obstacle. How many would love to see some of their friends get saved? How many would love to see some of your friends? I tell you now, there's an obstacle to it. It's called the devil. You're going to push everything in front of you to stop that happening. You just got to decide, I'm going to get at least one saved. This year, at least one. Actually, I'm leaving for two. And once you begin to name who they are, start to get a cluster of names, pray for them regularly, and start to begin to think how you can connect with them and then what you could get them to. Get them in among other people. See, most of the time, you get them in among a crowd of young people on fire, get them with other people who are on fire, and they start to get touched by it. Okay, brings on to the next one. Notice here verse 5. Verse 5. So you see the first one, unashamed boldness. Second, an authentic message. You need something, something real operating in your life. Third is teamwork. Fourth is possibility thinking. Here's the last two. The next one here, visible faith. When Jesus saw their faith. You need to have a faith that's visible. Now, these guys had visible faith. How can you see, how can faith be visible? I thought faith is something in the heart. Faith can be visible. You know how it's seen? It's seen in what you do. It's seen in what you say and what you do. If you want to have visible faith, you've got to start to do something. And uh, here's an interesting thing about this guy here. They said, you see, our words reveal what's in our heart. If I listen to you for a little while, I can tell where there's faith in there. If I watch what you do, I can tell where there's faith in there. Because faith will always show itself in some kind of way. Now, these guys demonstrated faith. You know how they demonstrated faith? They wouldn't take no for an answer. But the crowd said, beat it. We're crowded out. It's full up. Come back tomorrow. They said, no way. We're not coming back tomorrow. We didn't bring him all this way to go home without a miracle. We're getting up on the roof. And they came down through the roof, and Jesus didn't stop and say, You guys, what kind of Christians are you? You're ripping up the roof. He saw their faith. He saw unstoppable faith. They would never quit until they got what they came for. Now, you've got to have that kind of mentality. They're not quitting. It's a kind of bulldog outlook. You ever seen a bulldog? They've got those sort of jowly sort of things. Well, they, one of the things about a bulldog is they bite and they get to hold on. Oh. And, you know, and you, you get one of these things and you get them with a bone or a stick or something like that. And they lock, their, they lock these big jowls on. You know, and they've got these big jowls. And then you can pull on that stick all you like. They're not going to let go. Bulldog. You know, Winston Churchill, he was, like, he was called the British Bulldog. And he was called the British Bulldog because we'll never, 
never, never give up. You know, and I was looking at History Channel the other night, and they were saying when the whole of Europe was being overwhelmed by the Nazis, a small island with a few million people said, never, never give up. And they reversed the whole war. How about that? See, because they said, we're not quitting. You've got to have that unstoppable thing. No quitting. No quitters allowed. Tell someone next year, don't even think of quitting. I'll be after you if you look like you're going to quit. No quitting. You want to have influence? Don't quit. Got a visible faith. Got to dare to believe. See, what impresses God is faith. And faith shows itself sometimes not because we're successful, but because we just won't quit. See, it's easy to say, well, you know, I saw a miracle, that's wonderful. But, you know, the way he saw their faith was they just wouldn't quit. You couldn't stop them. And, you know, that's something about Christians when you just can't be stopped. When everyone in the class has picked on you, had a go at you, and you just can't be stopped and you're still going. They've got to admit you've got something. And that's what breaks through. It's just one quit, one quit. I remember pursuing my wife for seven years. I just wouldn't quit Never quit. Even though it looked impossible. Never quit. And that's part of me. I don't like to quit. I don't like to quit anything. I can't remember ever quitting anything. See? Visible faith. You just got to go for it and keep going for it and bite in like a bulldog. And when something's tugging away, you hold on and you won't let go. When it's all over, you're still there. The devil will try and get a hold of you, and he'll try and pull that stick of the gospel out of your mouth. He'll try and get you, and you just got to hold on. And hold on until finally he gives up. You realize you've got bulldog faith, visible faith, eh? See? And James 2.18 tells us, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith's always got works. You always see something for a person who's got some faith in their life. So have you been quitting? Have you just last quit on something you set out to do? Man. You know, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons people fail in life is because their focus breaks. They quit before they break through because something else got their attention. Let's not quit. Let's believe for some of our friends to get saved. Some of your friends to come to know the Lord. Don't quit because they gave you a hard time. Don't quit because, you know, they just got all funny about it. Don't quit. Change what's happening there. And if it doesn't look like it's going to change, pray till God comes through. Just don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Jesus never quit. Don't quit. Hold on. Here's the last one here. And the last one here is we need to actually exercise. We need to believe for a supernatural breakthrough. And that's what happened here. Jesus saw their faith. And some of the scribes were sitting there reasoning in their heart. He said, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they reasoned among themselves. He said, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Now, I want you to see what happened here. Jesus started to operate in the spirit. Now, if you're going to see breakthroughs in your life, you have to realize it's not just by having a whole lot of motivational things in your life. You've got to actually operate in the realm of the spirit. And see, what happened in this situation here was Jesus began to feel the atmosphere and environment he was in. And we can see at least three gifts of the spirit operating. Number one, discernment. He was able to pick up what they were thinking. Now, it's a huge advantage if you can tell what people are thinking. It's a huge advantage if you can tell what people are thinking. 
And how can you tell what people are thinking? You perceive in your spirit. You begin to pick it up in your spirit. You start to feel things. You start to notice things that others don't notice. Now, that's a gift of the spirit. God wants you to operate in the gifts of the spirit. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 says the gifts of the spirit, including discernment, are given to every believer. Why do you need it? To get a breakthrough, to make difference. Here's the second thing is, number one, you've got to discern. It's a help if you actually know what people are thinking. Second thing, it's a help if God tells you what to do. Now, you notice what when he, when he found out, and so when he got a word of wisdom. Wisdom is knowing what to do. So when Jesus looked around, he looked around like that, and he looked at them, and no one's saying anything, and he can feel it. Have you been in a room where there's no one saying anything, or you can feel stuff? You're picking it up in your spirit. You've got to develop that faculty. That's why we fast, so it becomes sensitive on the inside. Then you pick up stuff. And if you actually were to focus and to start to listen, you'll even pick up what people are thinking. God will show you something. He doesn't show you all their thoughts. He doesn't enable you to mind read. He'll tell you what's really going on inside them so you know what to say. Then you need a word of wisdom. God, what do I say? You know what Jesus did? He challenged them. Now imagine them. This is what's going on. This is what's going on. See, the guys are sitting there looking, you say, and they're watching. They just come along. Never watch. See Jesus. So Jesus preaching, and they're watching, listening to him preach. Suddenly, crack, 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 and roof all breaks open. Let's see what he does now. So that drops right down. Here's a guy comes down. He's obviously paralyzed. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven you. And they look, and they start to think. And when they start to think, I don't know what it is about your thoughts, but there's something about your thoughts fills the atmosphere. And as they began to think, and I think they're all thinking the same, you see. That's probably why everyone, he felt it. And, so he's think, and he picked up by the Spirit that they're thinking. They're just thinking. Remember, they're just thinking like this. You know, what rights he got to forgive sins? You know, only God can forgive sins. And he picked it up, and then immediately he confronts them. And this must have been an embarrassment, because having read their mind and picked up what they were on about, he then confronts them. Hey, which is it easier to do, to say, your sins are forgiven you, or get up and walk? And they said nothing. They're silenced. Because he's, he's actually got the, their, their unbelief out in the open, right out there like that. And then he had a miracle. See? So he operated in three giftings, discernment, wisdom, and then miracles. He said, you watch this. Now, you notice how bold he is. He never got intimidated by those unspoken thoughts that everyone around him was saying, thinking. What he did was he got them out in the open and exposed them. He just brought it clean, clear out in the open. He just exposed what they were thinking and confronted it straight away. And then he's out on the edge. Which is it easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you or rise up and walk? He said, so you can know I can do both. He said, here we go. And he called the man, get up! And a miracle broke out and the guy got up and left the place. Can you imagine everyone? Now, the Bible says, 1 Corinthians 12, 7, the gifts of the Spirit are given to every person, every believer, every believer, every believer. They're given. That means you've got to receive them. To receive them, you've got to connect with God. Now, if you're going to have a difference in your life, you need to put this package of things together and you start to see God moving through your life. It's amazing when we can start to move in the Spirit how people's lives get changed. And so you can practice moving in the Spirit. So sit in your classroom, start praying. I know you're supposed to focus on your studies. But every now and then have a bit of a look around and then have a thing. Ask God, give me a word of knowledge on someone, you know. Just when the study gets real boring, ask for a word of knowledge. <laughs> you know, when you're in, in, in McDonald's or whatever, just look around and ask for a word of knowledge. Start to stretch out. 
start to believe God, you can break out. Then you've got to know, now what do I do with what I know? That's wisdom, knowing what to do with it. It's, it's fun to start to stretch out and then start to share with people. And they get a bit shocked. They just get a bit shocked. How did you know that? God. Don't tell them it's God like that. <laughs> don't do it that way. No, don't even, just don't even answer that question. You never even answer the question how you got to know. You know, because I remember sitting beside a lady in a plane and I had a word of knowledge and, and she said, how did you know that? God. No, no, you don't even, I just ignored it. And then I had another word, second word of knowledge. She said, how did you know that? Just ignored it. See, because you don't need to tell them how you got the knowledge. What you need is wisdom for what needs to happen next. See? And so you notice, this is, notice the influence. Notice that the number of factors that cause it to happen. Number one, unashamed boldness, talking creates an environment within which things happen. People start to get attracted. Number two, there's a need for having an authentic message. You can't be going on my faith. You've got to develop your own. You've got to start to spend time in the Word of God, develop your own experiences with God, stretch out. Now listen, in the realm of miracles, don't expect to start up here. Don't expect to get a paralyzed man out. of. Just start small and get a few things happening. And they're quite simple. See, so the third thing is, remember, we need to authentic message. need to work with others. So start to stand together in agreement. When you come together as a youth, every time you come together, start to pray for the schools by name, believe God to get breakthroughs. Start to pray for your friends by name. We need to actually think possibilities. Don't let anything stop you. There's no reason why they can't get saved. There's no reason why they can't get saved. No reason at all. No reason at all why they can't get saved. None at all. You just got to just believe that it could, it's possible. See them by faith getting saved. And uh, I found it's a strange. It never ceases to amaze me how many get saved and where they get saved. Possibility thinking. Third, fourth, uh, the fifth thing is visible faith. Just need, your faith needs to be actually out in the open. In other words, you've got to be upfront what you say and what you do. Just let it be out in the open in a way that people can see it very easily and finally stretch out for the supernatural. Stretch out for the supernatural. Believe God for some words of knowledge or some things to flow in your life. If you don't know how to do that, come along to a training seminar sometime. Go and talk to youth leaders. They all know how to do it. I've seen Anna do it. I've seen Dave do it. I've seen all these ones do it. They can all do it. It's not hard. God wants to use you to touch someone's life. The question is whether you're available. The question is whether you've decided, I will walk with God and make a difference.